0: Hi, right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Radio. This is episode 420. People make jokes now. Uh, Jason Lingard is with me. It's just two of us today. Once again, um, believe it or not, the episodes that are just myself and Jason, uh, they take a lot more work. And we used to do this a lot more and we have plans to try to do it more. But as everybody knows, there is so much going on in the world, particularly in my home. Everybody knows why. Uh, everything is transferring one way or another. but. We are going to talk about the metaverse, which is kind of a catch-all thing to say. What it comes down to is what I've been saying for a long time. This is not the information age. And at first, I began to say it was never the information age, but that's not true. We had a mini information age for probably less than five years, something around there, before the control and the tech to employee control had been put online. What age this actually is, undeniably is, is the age of deception. And you can put that in the bank. So what we're going to talk about are basically the foundations, the things that exist already within tech, are the foundations of this runaway train we are all riding and this train is going. I don't see one in a gazillion chances that this train isn't going right now to a destination. Having said that, welcome, Jason. And a hot good morning. All right. Yeah, summer's finally here. We're in our second bloom here. Uh, The timing of nature feels just a little bit discombobulated. Um, We've already had one bloom, which felt late, and now we're doing another one. It's very, very, very strange. But we're going to jump into the metaverse here, and I suspect we're going to end up juxtaposing from the notes and the paragraphs that you put together to support this with what I have been looking at over the last three weeks because we had to put off the recording of this so many times. So with that, you want to add anything or you want to jump in?
1: Well, if anybody wants to uh, give themselves an idea of how important this concept is starting to become, just go on Google, type in Metaverse, and then click News, and you will see lots and lots of stuff come up.
0: So there's another thing I would add. Jason, and I did a show way back on the problem with technology and the AI idea. The first meaningful book that I saw published, and believe me, I don't catch them all, was called Surveillance Capitalism. It's about four or five inches thick, and it was written by a lady called Shoshana Zuboff. The problem with books like this in the modern era is another thing the internet has trained us all to do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. The things that she says, and she had access to the boardrooms of all these places, which tells you how mainstream she is. So this whole thing to some degree, is getting wrapped in a mainstream rapper. But underneath, the things that are said about technology will be shocking to most, but they're true at the lowest levels. In other, way, in other words, this goes so much deeper. And if you're a thinking person, you begin to put it together. The other thing, as Rose and I talked about an hour yesterday, about a Netflix program called uh, Social Disorder, I think it's called. Now, here's another prime example of what's going on. The technology they talk about, the things they say about tech are almost all the way true at the lowest levels, and then they wrap it in disinformation, claiming that, oh, those crazy people who don't recognize COVID are just idiots, you know, so you can see what goes on here. The result of that is the true things that were said in the era we exist tend to get thrown out, and we need to get beyond that. Anyhow, it's all you, Jason.
1: The metaverse is an umbrella term for technologies that help create an entire digital universe like our real one. A metaverse can be said to be a network of 3D virtual worlds that are focused on social connection. In futurism and science fiction, it is often described as a hypothetical iteration of the internet as a single universal virtual world that is facilitated by the use of virtual and augmented reality headsets a worldwide interconnected metaverse is what is seen in the story Ready Player One.
0: So I'm going to put an addendum on that. So all that's well and good, and those are legit statements, but it's a little worse than that because we have already begun to enter the metaverse by the way we think about things. We've been manipulated, and I will do my best to show you, hopefully during the course of this, that if you own a social media account, If you own one of the big email purveyors, you, in fact, are an RC car. You're a zombie, and I can prove it. And you know how I know? Because I'm a zombie. And I don't use much of it, but I do use some of it. What's going on behind these free services has done one simple thing, and it is undeniable. There is no product because you are the product. You have been monetized. That is why all this works. You are, in fact, the product. And if you don't think that's true, you're missing the train. And if you begin to understand that it is true, the levels at which this is going on are shocking. And they ensure that this runaway train that we are on has left the station and we're in for a ride. And I don't see any other way around it. Rose just pinged me. Some of the other tech episodes that were important that we did are 165, 168, and to some degree, episode 61. So try to keep me on track, Jason. I'm going to try to correspond what you're laying down with the services we all use that have already entered our minds into the metaverse.
1: There is technically only one metaverse, if all goes as planned for how it is supposed to function once completed on a worldwide scale. There are several platforms within what is currently being called the metaverse. The term used for these platforms within the metaverse are called M-platforms. One can imagine these platforms like countries on the earth, with different land masses, but all on the same planet. Like countries, the size of these platforms is finite, meaning that once someone buys a plot of land, no one else can use that space unless they are prepared to rent or buy it from them. Just like in the real world, if lots of people are interested in a specific piece of land, the price will go up. There are four major platforms currently in the metaverse with what is said to be a combined total of 268,645 parcels of land. The four platforms are The Sandbox, Decentraland, Cryptovoxels, and Somnium Space.
0: All right, let's just cut to common sense and brass tacks. There's no damn land. You can call it parcels of whatever you want. It's electrons balanced on the head of a pin on a server somewhere. And this is what we're beginning to to forget, even as we start to head towards these services, some of us. Here's the thing. They act like there's a finite amount of what they want to call parcels of land, which is a misnomer to start with. The truth is it could be infinite parcels of land. If they have more servers, they can build anything as big as they ever want to go. The idea here is that they're trying to couple it with how we view the world. Oh, nobody's making new land. Everybody wants land right now. So the value of land has gone up. But if we go back to where I opened, you're a product. Can a product own anything? I would ask. And this starts to unmask the complete fugazi nature of what we are talking about, the complete departure from the creation, which is reality which is the only standard for reality we have. If you are the product, you can begin to deduce so many things that put a pretty stark spin on where we currently exist. If you are the product, then someone's getting paid because of you, right? That's a fact. So if you own a social media account, you already should comprehend that you have been manipulated to do things you would not otherwise have done or... The owners of the product creator, you, or the creation of turning you into a product would not get paid. And what we know for certain is these are some of the best paid companies in this world by far. It's not even a close race. So you know they're getting paid big. You know you're the product. You will start to put things together as we go through this.
1: So what this reminds me of is how the music industry got bit in the ass When the capability to digitize everything started coming about, if something's digital, it could be duplicated to infinity. And it seems like they don't want to do that this time. They're like, no, 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 not going through that again. Because obviously they lost revenue when people stopped buying CDs and tapes and things like that because you could just copy the CD or, or what did come about was ripping it. And then everything
0: got shared. There's another underlying principle in your idea that there are 268, 645 parcels of land. Clearly, that sounds like a plan for a smaller population in the actual world. But what you're saying is absolutely spot on, although I differ with how some people assess what happened to music. I think the people at the talk knew it was coming. I think the worker bees that thought this world was still about money were pushing back against the digitization, but it was a runaway train. It was already coming. All right, I'll I'll let you keep going. I'm going to try to intersperse the services that we're all using that are creating we are creating our own problem. As a matter of fact, early on in the show, if you want to do something meaningful, shut your social media accounts today. Just close them and walk away. Otherwise, at some level you are a zombie and the proof is in the fact that somebody's getting paid for you to use them. Anyhow, let's move on.
1: The term metaverse has its origins in the 1992 science fiction novel Snow Crash and comes about as a blend of the words meta, which is Greek for after or beyond, and universe. Various metaverses have already been developed for popular use, such as virtual world platforms like Second Life, which debuted on June 23, 2003. Some metaverse iterations involve integration between virtual and physical spaces And virtual economies.
0: Why is it that the snow idea keeps, you know, remember back when the internet was young, everything was blue or E. There was a commonality in the way things got named and described. Here we see the snow idea coming, of course, with a with a negative idea crash. But think of, I don't know, what's modern things? I don't watch enough to decipher it, but it's snow piercer comes to mind. Uh, which is in, I guess, a post-apocalyptic world. But everyone should comprehend that what Jason is laying down, which is available information about these things, is already being teed up by all the things that we think are commonplace now. We don't go to the mall. We go to PayPal. And then we go to the online mall, Amazon, or something else. We sit at home to do all our shopping. And what was the effect of that? The malls are going away. Soon there will be no malls. We don't go to the library anymore. Soon those are going to go away. Everything will be digitized. So if you can't recognize that our email, our social media, and all these controlled systems are queuing up for whatever the truth is on where they want this to go, then you're being deluded. And again, I will do my best to show you the damage that social media is doing and how it has already slaved you out. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Crow, you have social media. Let me... Tell you what's true. I have a Twitter account. I have followed nobody. The only time I communicate there mostly is to say there's a new episode up on crow 77 radio.com or to tell someone, why are you posting what I did? This is no place to talk about things. The other things that are around Rose had set up and Rose runs, but we've all been reevaluating it the entirety of the time it's been used. And the reason is is even the people who built these things don't use them anymore. And the movie I mentioned up front has a lot of the engineers who helped develop it. They don't allow their kids to have social media. They don't allow their kids to carry phones until they're well into high school. The highest executives are not allowing their families to use the very things they engineered that the rest of the world takes for granted. Why is that? It's not hard to put together.
1: Demand for increased immersion means metaverse development is often linked to advancing virtual reality technology. The term has been used as a buzzword to exaggerate development progress of various related technologies and projects for public relations purposes. Information privacy. User addiction and user safety are concerns within metaverses, stemming from challenges facing the social media and video game industries as a whole. Regardless, technology marches forward, and so does the addiction that many have for it, as well as their need to become ever closer to it. Perhaps even to eventually, technology becomes a part of them or them of it. A simpler way of saying it is this. A metaverse is a shared virtual space that is hyper-realistic, immersive, and interactive thanks to the use of augmented reality, or AR, and virtual reality, VR, technology.
0: All right, please, Mr. Please, quit lying to me. The addiction factor that was just alluded to is the bedrock of the engine that drives all this. There are algorithms in the world that work night and day they never stop. And every day they get better at what they're doing. Some people might not call them an algorithm. They might point more towards AI. It is automation. Call it whatever the hell you want. The fact is, is that they are turning you into a product and the way they are doing it is to get you almost imperceptibly to take actions that you don't even recognize you're taking. But here's what it comes down to. You have so many minutes in your life, what this artificial system is doing is trying to get every second of your life to do the next suggested video, to go to the next feed, to talk to someone, to anything they can get you to do, because when that happens, they get paid. So here's, here's the rub. Addiction. You want to hear some tech company worried about addiction? It's laughable because an algorithm doesn't give a damn about human concerns. The only thing it is doing is improving the way it predicts. And whoever predicts the, p- the best gets paid the most. Do you see where this goes? The augmentations and the code strips that have been monitoring me today will be better able to predict what they can get me to do tomorrow and every other day that goes by. There will reach a zero point or whatever you would call it, where it gets as good as it can get. And then what do you suppose they'll do? They can't predict any better. What's that mean? It means they get it right 100% of the time, if that's even possible. So the addiction is one of their main tools to get that hit of adrenaline to your brain. It's why when people put down their phones, they start having as if they were coming off a drug. They feel like they, they need their drug back. That's what's going on. Now, the prediction level of this is really what makes it scary because we are taking actions we don't even know we're taking, but somewhere in the world, this little snippet of code, call it what you will, AI or otherwise, has predicted to a 98 or 99% certainty that that would happen to you because we have all been parceled out into a group of psychological people who fit this group or that group or the other group. Which further means that if you go into a psychological predisposition group, they can use everyone else in that group, whether it's a hundred people or a hundred million people to better predict what you will do being part of that group. And I'm kind of fragmenting what I'm trying to deliver, but I'm trying to paint the picture. It's pretty bleak. And when you come to know the reality of what's going on, you're going to realize you in fact are a zombie. I am a zombie. And there's no denying it.
1: From the GreekReporter.com, Zuckerberg uses Greek word meta to rebrand Facebook. Meta is not only a Greek word that is overused in technology. It's now also the word chosen by Mark Zuckerberg in his attempt to rebrand Facebook's bruised image. The word is used in speaking about internet data, or metadata, and in numerous sci-fi movies and series. Meta humans. But it is, fundamentally, an ancient Greek word which has survived also in modern Greek. The ancient Greek meaning of the word is beyond, after, or behind. The beyond sense of meta still lingers in words like metaphysics or meta economy. However, that's still not the meta most of us come across today. One of the more popular uses of meta today is for the meaning best described by the formula. Meta X equals X about X. So if we take the word data for our X and add the prefix meta to it, we get metadata or data about data. A meta text is a text about texts, metacognition is thinking about thinking, and a meta joke is a joke about jokes. The self reflection sense of meta has also given rise to the use of the word as a standalone adjective. For instance, meta is used to describe something. It's self reflective
0: or self referencing. So let me be blunt here. Uh, I have seen definitions try to make the word meta mean things like man made in some way, but you want to know what it really means? Think about what Jason just said. It means beyond, it means after or behind. You know what that makes that word mean? It's fake, it's fugazi. In the real world, in the creation, the only thing we have is this moment that is real. And in the time it took me to say that, that moment was already behind me. Yesterday does not exist. Tomorrow does not exist. The only thing that truly, truly exists is the absolute moment that can't even be measured that you are living in. So now put together what meta is about. It's imaginary. It's fake. It's an idea. It cannot be measured in any realistic way or based on something that truly exists in nature. And by the way, that's my point of view. People may differ.
1: Meta, formerly Facebook, is intending to invest $10 billion in metaverse construction in 2021, with more in future years. They expect to lose money on the venture for the foreseeable future. Like other multi-sided markets, metaverse platforms or M platforms rely on network effects and will be making the effort to get big-name brands involved to help trigger interest so that they can grow the platform and make it into a fully integrated and profitable situation.
0: So let me get this straight, guys. You've got this big money-making machine. Now you're going to go into something that doesn't make money um, so that you can grow it. And we've already pointed out that we're all the product in the first place. So how can it be that you're not making money if the product is who is buying your service, uh, and on and on it goes. And so what's actually going on here is what I said a year or two ago. Money doesn't matter anymore. To the people running this world, money means nothing. At the point when I covered Shoshana Zuboff's surveillance capitalism book, we had already passed the point where money meant anything to anyone except for those of us at a lower level who have to pay rent and employees and things like that. What is king? Yes money's not king anymore. What is king? Data is king. Data will continue to be king, and data will give the people who own it more power than has ever been possessed by anyone in this world. And you may say, Crow, that's a bold statement. Well, let me take my earlier ideas a little further. You have been psychologically put in a nutshell. They know more about you from the data they've collected on you than you could ever possibly know about yourself. And part of the things they know about you wasn't even derived from you. It was derived from a group you have been added into because of the way you act and think and the things you do and the number of seconds you spent on this and the search terms you used over the last 10 years and your medical history and everything, 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 as was pointed out in the Marvel movie The 21st century is an open book and we can now read it. Here's the thing. If they wanted to, they could take all the data they can get on anyone in the so-called civilized world and tell you the day, the moment, the cause, the place of your death. That's how powerful this is. And they will do it to a 98% certainty. And for anyone who thinks I'm blowing smoke, I will refer you back to another episode where I pointed out that this is so far beyond the magical ideas that started it all. It was the law of large numbers and the wisdom of the crowd. To refresh everyone's memory, the wisdom of the crowd puts a mason jar with thousands and thousands of gumballs, and then everyone who comes up who wants to win the prize gives them a nickel, and they guess how many gumballs in the jar. Some people even make ridiculous guesses. Clearly, there's five million. Someone else comes up and says, nope, there's only five gumballs, which are clearly ridiculous. There's a lot of gumballs there. By the time they've got to a few hundred guesses, they're in the realm of 10% to the correct number. By the time they've reached that magical thousands and thousands of guesses, they simply added them and averaged them, and they are within 98%-ish, give or take. Don't hold me to the percentages. They are so close to the actual factual number. And how did they do it? They did it by hacking the world mind. Everybody come up and guess. Nobody knows how many gumballs. And yet enough people participate in, get them right to the absolute amount of gumballs. And that is such a preschool level of what's going on with data. So I hope I laid that down properly. And I'm guessing Rose is probably going to ping me with whatever episode we did, the law of large numbers and wisdom of the crowd. Might've been the same episode, by the way. As of
1: right now, Worldwide metaverse revenue is forecasted to reach $400 billion by 2025 and, driven by millions of visitors, brands that focus on them, particularly premium ones, will be able to foster a sense of community as well as inculcate brand loyalty among younger customers before they can buy the real thing. For high-end brands selling NFTs of their products in the metaverse, could become revenue streams in their own right. This isn't even an exaggeration by techies, as several luxury brands such as Balenciaga, D&G, and Rebecca Minkoff are already showing the way it can be done. These big-name brands have launched digital products that can be purchased in-game, launched limited-edition NFT collections, and created branded
0: worlds. All right, let's... Bring common sense into this bizarre conversation we're having. If you buy a digital product or service, what have you bought? Nothing. An idea, an entertainment, any way you want to describe it. But for intrinsic value, you have bought absolutely nothing. Do you see where this is taking humanity? Do you see where cryptocurrency takes humanity? On the day we go to crypto, if that day comes, we will have lost more freedom than the entirety of the history that I'm aware of, of living men and women for the simple reason that it will be openly agreed on the table that wealth has no value. I've said it before. You'd have to be out of your damn mind to sell someone gold for crypto at that point. And I'm guessing it won't happen. And if it does, it will be a rarity. But the point is, if we go back to the law episodes, you can see what they're running from constitutional protections, whether or not you think they apply to us, still say, if you make this purchase for that title with specie, gold or silver, then you in fact will own the title. In this meta world, it is impossible to own anything and what you have bought doesn't exist in the first place.
1: Data is still king. Powered by a more potent generation of microchips, VR headsets enable companies to collect a variety of what they are calling Novel Data, How People's Legs, Hands, and Bodies Move, When the Pupils of Their Eyes Contract and Expand, and How Their Minds React from Users that Visit Metaverses. A 2018 Stanford Virtual Human Interaction Lab paper estimated that 20 minutes in a VR simulation allows almost 2 million body language recordings. The first companies to collect and analyze data when people's avatars use their virtual products or interact with employees' avatars in their virtual stores, will almost certainly enjoy an edge on how to market more intensely to prospective clients. They will have more data on hand than later entrants and will be able to refine data-driven insights over time, being able to negotiate from a greater position of strength with companies that need to access their data.
0: Oh, please. They're already, everything is already built on their data-driven insights. The people getting paid most in the world have the best predictive ability on what? On you, on your psychology. They're hacking your mind. That's how all of this works. Your mind is being hacked. And if it isn't hacked, they don't get paid for very long. So novel data, why don't we talk about novel corona? Which one of those two things is real? What they're doing is measuring how your psyche operates. Then they're data mining it across a few million other people. And they know to a 98% certainty that if they show you this video or that ad or this nudge, that 98% certainty you will react to it. You are now an RC car. You are now a zombie. You're a zombie now. You just don't realize it yet. I am a zombie. I have a Twitter account that I don't even use how most people use them, but I also have an email account. The moment nudges came out in my Gmail account years ago, Ask Rose, I said, this is it. I went into everything, shut off everything I could and made a law for myself that I would only ever use any of this because I have to do work. And very rarely will I be doing anything for pleasure. My cell phone is no different. My cell phone has zero apps on it. We're being turned into zombies and nobody is immune to it. And the reason nobody is immune to it and the reason the engineers who built these systems deleted all these things from their family and their phones is because they realized that it worked when they became addicted. They're hacking your psyche and it's to a very high degree of correctness. And since it gets better every day, the, the perception there is at some point they get to 100%. Think about what I've just said.
1: The following points are what is said to be the features that define a metaverse. The first one is boundless. As a 3D virtual space, the metaverse eliminates all types of barriers, physical or otherwise. It's an endless space where there are no limits to how many people can use it at the same time, what types of activities can take place, what industries can enter it, etc., It widens accessibility more than current internet platforms.
0: All right, can we just get Adam to come in and ruin everything? Can someone please bring some common sense back? It doesn't eliminate any barrier of any kind because what it is doesn't exist. What it does do is it allows you to build a barrier for yourself away from the creation, the only thing that does exist. Do not be fooled. If we do not learn... To put the creation and protection of the creation above all other things, we're going to this Fugazi world. And it is make believe, it does not exist, and it is valueless unless you value entertainment or playtime. Persistent. A
1: metaverse can't be unplugged, rebooted, or reset. Users can join the metaverse freely at any time from anywhere in the world. And in doing so, there's always continuity to their experience. A metaverse will evolve over time based on the shared contributions of its users, like the content and experiences designed by them.
0: All right, another way to say that is you've been tracked every moment before the metaverse came to be. They already know who the hell you are when you get there. And the continuity is based on they've already hacked your psyche. They have a profile for you. They've been using it for years to get you to click on the latest video they think you would like or to go find that lost love in high school that you had forgotten about. And they did it knowing a roughly 98% that you would respond. Put these things into complete perspective. Bring the creation, the place where there is no lie, nature, to this conversation. Because when you do this, this crap falls apart.
1: Decentralized. The metaverse isn't owned by a corporation or a single platform but by all of its users, who can also take control over their private data. Blockchain technology is a big part of this, with more details to come later on, because it ensures that all transactions within a virtual world are public, easily tracked, and safe at all times.
0: Yeah, the world's king right now is data, and they're just giving it away freely. You can have it anytime you want. I think I'm going to write an email to Google today and say, hey, can you please tell me what day I'll die, what will kill me, and where I'll be? Uh, It's laughable. It is laughable. If we know anything about digital systems, it is censoring, it is controlling, it is limiting, and you do not have access. And how do you know this? Because you are the product. My brothers and sisters, we are the product. So all this nonsense that just got spewed by the lovers of, Fictitious reality—it's—it's uh, it's fallacious on the face of it. We already know that this isn't true because we use digital tools now.
1: Immersive. Whether you're using a VR headset, AR glasses, or just your smartphone, you'll be able to enter a new level of immersion and interactivity, where all human senses are more fully engaged and users feel more present in their experiences. As a highly realistic space the metaverse will also have the capacity to adapt to its users who can directly influence, for example, its environments, objects,
0: colors, lighting, and more. That's a clever way of saying that we're going to hack your brain and this will be more addictive than any drug that's ever built in this world to the point where when you get sucked into this, the world will have lost a little sunshine. It won't be quite as blue. It won't be quite as synthetic. I can't be Batman. I can't have sex with whoever I want. It will be the drug to end all drugs. And when they say immersive, what they're actually saying is addictive. But it remains to be seen. Right now, if I went out in the world and asked how many people of their own free will have successfully gotten off Oxycontin, I'm guessing that would be a very small number. So if where this is headed is addictive at a higher level, then what are the chances that anyone will escape? this basic mind-hacking addiction. Because when they say immersive, that's what it actually means.
1: Virtual economies. Metaverse participants are able to engage in decentralized virtual economies powered by cryptocurrency, like Sensorium Galaxy's very own Senso. This includes marketplaces where users can buy, sell, and exchange items, like digital assets, like avatars, virtual clothing, NFTs, And event
0: tickets. Maybe we could just do the totality of this episode by me deciphering what the words actually mean. Virtual economy means fugazi economy that doesn't exist and has zero value. That's what virtual economy means.
1: Social experiences. The beating heart of the metaverse boils down to its users. Of course, they need you, don't they? Every participant in a virtual world takes part in co-experiences and helps co-create the future of the metaverse through user-generated content from virtual creations to personal stories and interactions with AI-driven
0: avatars. All right, let me do one more time. to play the word game. Words have meaning. To my knowledge, there are only two situations in the world I'm familiar with where people get called users. One of them is when you've been turned into a product and you are using an online service, you're a user. The only other one I'm aware of is a drug addicted or a drug taking person. Those are the only two forms of user I know. So how is it that we have become so childlike that we can't simply look at the language, social experience? Wouldn't you expect that to have a social experience, you would have to be present with somebody for it to be meaningful at any level? On and on it goes, and maybe it's a great idea to simply grab onto those keywords and then bring common sense and smash it with a sledgehammer to see what's actually being said so that your eyes don't gloss over and you fall for giving up the creation, for a fugazi imitation of the creation.
1: Right now, they're having one problem that I see with all of this, and that's creating very high-end virtual reality gear for you to use at a price that
0: nearly anyone can afford. A good point. But we have an example of that too with the cell phone. Uh, we have seen times when, oh, that iPhone nobody can afford, you just come sign up here, we give you one free. Here, sign the contract, this type of thing. They always can get around that by giving it away for some other leveraging thing that they're doing. But I know exactly what you're saying. And in Ready Player One, that's the whole thing, right? The main character needs, what do they call it? A haptic suit or something like that. Uh, He needs the good stuff to really get into that fake world and, you know, do as much as he can do. And what's he looking for? A fake key that doesn't exist. And what's his reward? Control of a fake place that doesn't exist. And what does he do the moment he gets control? He shuts it down for two days a week. So basically, the creation, which is the only reality we'll ever have, is recognized at some level for two days a week. It's not hard to paint the picture of what we're actually talking about.
1: Well, at least he shuts it down for two days a week. Good thing I'm not in control. Avatars. An avatar in the metaverse essentially is based on the same principle as other online avatars. An avatar in the metaverse will be a user's identity in that entire universe. Much like 2D avatars that many are familiar with from other platforms, you will be able to create and use an avatar in the metaverse for the entire experience. There is a significant difference, however, with your metaverse avatar in terms of flexibility. While most avatars are usually restricted to a single platform, a metaverse avatar will be able to cross through different experiences in the entirety of the metaverse. Whatever avatar you create, along with its appearance, will carry over to different virtual worlds that you choose to visit and interact with. The avatar becomes your identity in the metaverse as a whole. Avatars are being designed to be extremely realistic. Rather than simple facial nods to capture a movement, a metaverse avatar is intended to replicate the entire person as well as their body movements in order to create a distinct sense of the actual person being there in the digital
0: realm. Being there. Yeah, good luck with that. Go watch the movie Being There and we'll all learn something. You know, they're saying a user's identity. Think about when we go into a courtroom, how many millions of people have been fooled when the judge picks up that piece of paper, reads the name and says, is this you? Someone says, yep, that's me you have now become your user identity, right? You could make that idea. And coming back to the world we just came out of, you can see how it's all funneling towards this. Take an example like Marvel comic books. When I was young, only kids were allowed to read those and you were looked down on like I can't even explain if you were an adult involved in comic books. And then At some magical period of time, the old ones became worth all this money and there was a resurgence. And now adults and everybody, yeah, we all love children's comic books. And what is it? It's the Marvel Universe. They've already began to create their fake construct. It's a comic book. It was originally intended for kids And we have been dumbed down to such a level that now adults, like the people on the Big Bang Theory, who are PhDs, have helped normalize the idea that adults can act like children and still be considered an adult. But at the moment your avatar becomes your identity, and this happens across millions or hundreds of millions of people, what have we traded? I am that I am. What have I traded when I am my avatar? It's all quite simple to work out using the one place where there is no lie as the benchmark and the measuring tool. It's simple. The creation needs to be held above all things. And anything that wants to infringe on the creation needs to be reflected back and measured by the creation because it's the only thing that we can call real. And even it is fleeting. And it's the only place that I'm aware of where there's no lie being proffered nonstop. And in the age of deception, which is what's building all this, you haven't heard a true word for maybe years and if you did it wouldn't matter because like when i took apart world maps i showed i'd laid down 10 projections of the world they're all different logically that means they're all wrong and they will remain all wrong because there is no subject there there is no logical way to determine the right one if there even is a right one and when you use these logical tools at your disposal given to us by the reality of nature then you can start to Try to shield your mind from the runaway train that's speeding towards what we're talking about.
1: And even the Marvel Universe is starting to get you looking at these concepts in a different way by shoving the concept of a multiverse right in your face.
0: It's doing any number of things, as all media do. They will play the race games. They will play the gender games. They will play the hate games, the what you're allowed to think games, the what's popular and culture games, and they will hack you at a lower level than your email is hacking you and your social media accounts are hacking your psyche every day. It's just at a much lower level. When we were in the 70s, we were being programmed. Everybody knows it. It's just at a much reduced level. The hacking of the human psyche is getting to, I don't know, I don't want to say perfection, but people know where I'm heading here. There is an algorithm with a dossier on me that can access every other digital dossier on me, and it gets better at what it does every day. If we go back to Shoshana Zuboff's book, Surveillance Capitalism, you will recall that I said they had this thing called AI and they wanted to be a checkers master. That was difficult but they finally did it. Can you imagine a machine beating checkers master? And then they said, well, hell checkers Schmeckers let's go for that chess master. And they kept going and they couldn't do it. They finally, finally they beat the chess master and they said, now we're going for the gold standard. There's this Asian game called go, which has so many moves out of the gate that it's nearly impossible for human beings to even try to program some algorithm or AI that could beat the word go. And they tried and tried and tried. They could not beat the go master. Then one day, one of the engineers said, Hey, what if we removed all the human beings from this and gave the AI the ability to make its own AI as needed to solve little problems along the way? It took them 72 hours to beat the game go, but that's not even the half of it because that was years ago. And every day since then, that set of algorithms, automation has been improving whatever its goal is. This is a runaway train and we're all on it now and we're all going somewhere. Maybe the destination isn't totally worked out, but if we cannot remember that we were made beneficiaries of this creation, then we're going to lose a lot. And I don't know if we even come back from it at a certain point. Certainly there will be some groups that will maintain what they've been granted to exist here. But the vast majority are probably going to get sucked into this black hole.
1: Proponents of metaverse concepts say that there is no sense in living any sort of metaverse if there isn't an economy that is unable to support the activities, as well as financial ambitions of its user base. This means that virtual value of some sort must be created that can easily be monetized is a crucial element of any virtual world. All types of activities could take place inside a metaverse, and users would need an incentive that is strong enough to want to not only enter, but stay in that virtual world. Competition, scarcity, and supply and demand are all aspects of real-world economics that would seem perfectly normal to anyone
0: logging in. All right, let's just reshape those words to mean what they actually mean. Uh, Wait a minute, what about this virtual world? We need financial ambitions for the user base, so what are we actually alluding to here? We've already determined that the meta-financial situation is bugazi. It does not exist. It has no intrinsic value, nor will it ever, but Those poor suckers with the VR hoods on, they've got rent in the real world to pay. Do you see where this goes? Uh, It's a circle. And to get everybody in the metaverse all the time, which will be the goal of every algorithm, you got so many minutes in your life. We get paid when we've stolen or got you to give us your minutes. How do we get all your minutes? Somehow, the real world where rent is due in an actual brick and mortar house, that would have to go away at some point or else we would have to agree that this fake currency that we use in this fake world can somehow offset the debts in the real world. You can see how these ideas are at loggerheads. The real world, where walls and brick were built as a house, and the fake world, where we imagine we're seeing things. If you follow.
1: It should come as no surprise that fans of the metaverse concept are also fans of cryptocurrencies. Blockchain-based currencies could allow all assets inside the metaverse to be easily and securely created, exchanged, shared, and tracked, which could allow items to be seamlessly moved by its users across worlds or meta-destinations.
0: Fake, fake, fakeity-fake. And we're using words to make it seem like it's not fake, fake, fakeity-fake. But let's get down to brass tacks because we're coming to the end of hour one here. We're losing our spiritual identity and it's proven that crap like this is actually catching on and will probably come to be at some level. How do we go out into the world and have spiritual epiphanies? A lot of the time, the way I do it is I pay attention. What is that bird doing? How did that flower get to be the color it is? How did that flower even come to be in this place? Why is it purple? All these questions about the reality around me for which I am proffered no lie. We can even do things so simple as to take the words of this new corrupted knockoff version of reality that's being built and just take the words apart. And it works. Blockchain. Well, a block has the angles of sorrow. To block someone, people know what that means. The word lock is in there. Chain, you know, you go down this word. Crypto. Crypto, take these things apart and use your higher mind to get just a cursory idea as you go into what's being presented. And if you do that, you'll already be going in saying, hey, ma'am, there's a little negativity tinge on this. Why is it when I go into my yard and I look at that oak tree, there is no negativity tinge because there's no lie proffered me from that oak tree. As far as I know, we're going to go down this road. I imagine there will be sects of people who won't do it at whatever cost it takes, a bit like the Amish or the Mennonites are now, mostly unaffected by the world of Covidius Minimus. But the point I would make is the only way that I am aware of to comprehend what this actually is, is to never forget the creation and that you were made beneficiary of this place and this place has provided everything you have ever or will ever need to exist, including a spiritual path. Because presumably, we're not just here spinning our tires. Presumably, there must be some kind of learning and spiritual advancement. Mustn't there be? Is it possible to get any spiritual advancement in a fake world wearing a VR visor? I don't know the answer to that, but I think I'd prefer to do it the old-fashioned way. Jason, we're at the top of hour one anything you want to add before I come in and badmouth all these ideas some more.
1: Well, once we get into hour two, we're going to talk about more concepts of the economic approaches to the metaverse or metaverses, because there's several aspects of metaverses out there right now, as well as breaking down more specifics on how they're going to try and actually do this.
0: You know, what's ironic about this is if you logically deduce that this got popular and most people were living a fake world almost 24 hours a day, think of how nature would snap back, (laughs) you know, all the trees and the plants and I'm down there letting lobsters go and putting shellfish back in because someone took them all, Um, all that would probably begin to spring back. But what about the living men and women? Because that's really what's on the chopping block here, as far as I can tell, I'm guessing That when the population declines, which I think it's already happening, and people quit taking an interest in the creation, then the creation is left alone. So it's a real conundrum. But at the end of the day, what's on the table is our so-called species, isn't it? Isn't this about living men and women? Isn't this about every legal episode we've ever covered? What is the value of life in this place? What is the creation? Why were we put here? Does the creation have value? Is there a lie given me in nature? What are we doing here? From my point of view, everything we're talking about here is the grandest takeover and control of the human condition that has ever been attempted. That's my point of view. And I'm guessing I'll see comments that do not appreciate it. But when I get in front of this mic, I will say what I think is correct. If I said wrong things and I know about it, I will get back in front of this mic and I will correct it to the best of my ability. But I think logically, when we take apart these quite detailed notes that Jason created, we can make a picture and have a better idea of what to do. Anything else you want to throw in, Jason?
1: So they've already got people as fake or straw men in the corporate world. They're really just taking this concept and bumping it over to a little bit more of a higher technological, a little flashier and snazzier version of it. But really, they're just continuing on with what they've been doing to us for decades.
0: Perfecto Mundo, Jason. Freaking perfect. So now you're straw man. You can actually see it with a VR visor on. So you can really pretend that's who you are. But come back to reality. We've all been pretending we're someone we're not for how long? How long has this been going on? Probably since the Census Bureau, who knows? How many other times has it gone on? I am not my name. I am. I am. There used to be a time when people referred to each other as thee and thou. There was no you and me and person. And everybody knows what's been done with the idea of a person. Exactly what Jason said. The metaverse, in a very obvious way, makes the straw man a thing you actually want so that you can pretend you're someone you're not. There it is. There's hour one of episode 420, and we'll get ready to come back for hour two. That will be at crow77radio.com, 7 radiocom crrow seven seven radiocom By the way, we've got playlists. We're trying to work. I got to keep costs down, but we're trying to work to improve things, and people have wanted laws grouped together, law episodes, so we're getting the playlist out. Anyhow, let's move on. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and creation-based higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.